0: Thanks for listening to Porchlight Music Theater's WPMT. If you love classic musicals, why not check out Porchlight's Sondheim at 90 Roundtable, our discussion series focusing on the complete works of Stephen Sondheim, with me, Porchlight Artistic Director Michael Weber. I've had a great time discussing all of the musicals of Sondheim's incredible career with stars from Chicago Theater, Broadway, and beyond weekly throughout Sondheim's 90th birthday year, Listen today to Sondheim at 90 Roundtable for a behind-the-scenes deep dive into the mind, the music, and the writing methods of one of music theater's greatest composers. Available right here on your favorite podcast platform. Search for Sondheim at 90 Roundtable or visit porchlightmusictheater.org for more information. Hi, I'm Michael Weber, Artistic Director of Chicago's Porchlight Music Theater. Today is another special edition of classic musicals from the golden age of radio with our guest, Stephen Cole, the prolific award-winning musical theater writer. Now that is books and lyrics, sometimes just the books, sometimes just the lyrics, including among his many productions, the Ethel Merman musical, Merman's Apprentice, and he's the author of five published books. Hello, Stephen. I'm so happy to have you here.
1: It's so great to be here. Thank you.
0: Opening October 14th, 1930 at the Alvin Theater, now the Neil Simon, Girl Crazy with music by George Gershwin, lyrics by Ira Gershwin, and a book by Guy Bolton and John McGowan was one of the quintessential musical comedies of the early 1930s, assuring stardom for the leading lady and launching the meteoric career of a supporting actor who would go on to become the undisputed queen of the American music theater. Now, it's the story of Danny Churchill, an entertainer from New York who falls for the woman of his dreams, a postwoman named Molly Gray, after his father sends him to a ranch in Arizona. Nevertheless, Danny longs for a sinful life and turns the ranch into a nightclub and casino. Of course, despite the ensuing chaos of conspiracies, robbery and pursuits, Molly and Danny manage to find their way to each other and to love. Now, Steven, what strikes me about this show is that if we ever had a time machine, this is the show you wanted to go back to the specific opening night performance of because it was incredibly special.
1: Oh yeah, I totally agree. Well, you know, uh, it starred the two stars that you mentioned. uh, One was Ginger Rogers, who was 19 years old, and the other was a 22-year-old Ethel Merman who had never stepped on a Broadway stage before. So, I mean, she was the excitement that came out of it. Ginger what became a star in films, but I, I had always read that they almost fired Ginger because you couldn't hear her pass the second row. Ah. Remember, this is the time before miking, And then in walks this young 22-year-old Ethel Merman with this clarion tone that just knocked people out all the way up in the balcony. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so she got the most notice because I always think that Ginger was the quintessential ingenue type at that time, blonde, and sang sort of soprano to get her voice over the orchestra. And Merman came along, and she was the opposite. She was, she was urban, she was tough, and she didn't have that soprano sound, but she had enough of a big, huge ping in her voice to get it over the orchestra and, and the excitement. I mean, we've seen her on video, and we've seen, I've seen her in person. I'm lucky. And the excitement of that sound and that energy uh, propelled. She had two songs at the end of Act One one mm-hmm. after another, Sam and Delilah, and then I got rhythm. And uh, the story always went that at intermission, George Gershwin climbed up the five flights to our dressing room, and walked in and said, Ethel, do you know what happened? She said, I don't know. Those people were cheering. Did my clothes fall off? <laughs> and he t- <laughs> no. <laughs> and, and then he told her, never go near a singer. Yeah. And she, yeah. she never did. I mean, yeah. it was just a very natural thing. Interestingly enough, he adored her. But Ira did not. I I have read that he had he had problems with her. He didn't like the arrangement. He didn't like the show off note. Uh all of that stuff. And so he was not a Merman fan, as it were. Uh, but George was and and I think was always peeking around the corner for another show for her, but mm-hmm. that didn't happen. Well, so Bennett's, that opening night, you know, it also had those incredible people in the pit. Yeah. Uh the Robert Russell Bennett Orchestrations, you know, he did, he did. Orchestrations for everybody, showboat and but this had a really jazzy sound and so it had uh people in the pit that wound up being big stars as a uh, big band people like mm-hmm. Benny Goodman mm-hmm. and King Kruper, and uh who else was it? Red Red Nick? Red Nichols, Glenn Miller, I believe Tommy and, Dorsey. Yeah. And those two were Just regular guys in in the
0: band. Nobody knew that they were going to be stars. These guys, like Jack T. Garden, also was in there. They played the entire run of the show, or at least a good portion of the. This was not an opening night stunt. No,
1: no, not at all. They were just they were. They had a job. They were they were hired to be in the in the band. They had also uh, done "Strike Up the Band," I believe, uh, mm-hmm. before. So it's not like uh, they, they, musicians needed a job, and big bands hadn't come into play yet. Right. So they they all wound up being interesting stars because of the big band era. Right. But at this time, they were just great players in the pit. Right. And, and it I also understand- included one one more. I just wanted yeah. to mention sure. Roger Eden. Yes, Roger Eaton, on opening night, wound up playing on stage for Merman. He had been in the pit. Mm-hmm. And the reason for this was her real arranger, who had credit and billing in the show, Al Siegel, uh, who arranged all her stuff, which means he arra- he did that fabulous arrangement of I Got Rhythm, the vocal arrangement, that, that included her holding the note for eight bars at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he got sick on opening night. And so Roger Edens went up and played on stage for her, for uh, Sam and Delilah. Mm -hmm. And they became really close friends, Merman and Edens. Mm -hmm. And when she went out to Hollywood to do movies, she brought him along, especially for Kid Millions. And he did vocal arrangements for that, and he stayed on. And he got a job at MGM, and he worked with Judy Garland and all of those people and became the arranger at MGM. The uh, He was the associate producer with Arthur Freed on most of those movie musicals. Mm-hmm. And all that time during the rest of her career, he did all of her special material and arrangements. Mm-hmm. Anytime she appeared on TV or radio or in nightclubs, and he did them for free, she told me. Uh, and she would send him presents, Of carved hands, because he collected (laughs) those, but he never took a penny from from Yeah.
0: And is it true that um, on opening night, George Gershwin himself conducted the show?
1: I think he did that as as a as as a treat for most of his opening nights. Yeah, Yeah. he enjoyed doing that, and then then went away Uh and uh, came back when he wanted to see it. Yeah.
0: So where were the Gershwins in the journey of their career when it comes to a show like this? Um, So much of the music, there are so many Gershwin evergreens in this production, but where were they along the line? uh,
1: Well, Well, when you think about it, this really is the last 1920s musical comedy that they did. They started out together... Uh, George had done stuff before he got together with Ira but they did Lady Be Good for for the Fred and Adele Astaire they did uh, Funny Face they did Treasure Girl they did OK there were these incredibly successful 1920s musical comedies with plots that were typical of those days and then they did a show called Strike Up the Band in 1927 Mm -hmm. with George S. Kaufman and he introduced them, or, or really introduced the world, to that political satire musical. And they wrote more in the style of Gilbert and Sullivan. They, 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 the show was more, less musical comedy and more in a new style that they developed in strike up the band and, and uh, the I sing and let them eat cake mm-hmm. where, where whole scenes were musicalized actually, you know, cause we think of these times as, Oh, you know, funny book, funny book, plop a song, great song in, but their shows were different. This girl crazy, I think is still in the funny, 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 great song, you know, plop a great song. in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was still that. And, and because it was 1930, it almost looks like a 20 show too. There are pictures, of, of Merman and, and Ginger Rogers in their street clothes, and they still look like flappers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even though the Depression had just hit, which was a big deal, obviously, uh, it, it felt like a frivolous twenty show. It did not deal at all in politics or any kind of satire. It just was... Mm-hmm. What it was. It was, hey, we're gonna do a show, a Western show. And I believe it was originally conceived as a vehicle for Bert Lahr. Right. Bert Law would have been Geber Goldfarb, mm-hmm. uh, and he would have been hilarious because he was always hilarious. And he didn't do it. He took a different show. And and so they wound up with Willie Howard, who did it more in the Yiddish theater tradition of, mm-hmm. of comedy. It's funny because nobody else plays Gieber that way. Right. <laughs> and I really <laughs> like that way. I liked all of, you know do Yiddish thing going on yeah. <laughs> and, and you can hear it in the jokes he's mm-hmm. you know he's a he's a new york cab driver yeah, uh, yeah. but uh, so so th- i feel like it is the kind of the end of their musical comedy era the next show they did that was even a musical comedy is is pardon my english which Mm -hmm. was a big flop which is a wonderful score but i think that's a little more hybrid it it feels like they're still moving into that of the i sing land Mm -hmm. where all scenes are musicalized and and so i would say that girl crazy with all these song hits is is the last of those 20 shows.
0: And and uh, a couple of the song hits were not originally uh written for this show from what from what I understand embraceable you and right. was uh potentially written for uh, an unpublished
1: operetta that East uh, they is West, were gonna do. I think it was called yeah East is West um, That's and true. I go- yeah. Well, and the music I got- was, anyway, at least. Uh, but that happened a lot in those days. You know, George Gershwin would have a great tune and something didn't happen with it, and he'd move it around. The right. same thing happened with uh, I've Got a Crush on You, which mm-hmm. was in Treasure Girl with Gertrude Lawrence, which was a big flop. Mm-hmm. And he took it and he put it in the 1930 version of Strike Up the Band. Right. And it became a hit song. The famous one is uh, from uh, Lady Be Good." Was my, uh, mean? the man I love. Yeah, the little man little I love was put mm-hmm. into show after show, <laughs> show and never faded yeah. and got cut until it became a hit song on its own. Mm-hmm. But it was not, it was originally to be introduced by Adela Astaire and it right. didn't happen.
0: So the actors that are going to be in the program in this radio adaptation of Girl Crazy are not uh, the actors of that original Broadway production. Of course, they had gone on and become uh, gigantic stars, which might have meant why they were not available for this. But we've got some other people who did have some interesting careers in this uh, production. Larry Douglas and Monica Lewis, Ted decorzia You know, my, minor, uh, certainly not stars, but these were people who also had... Uh, Substantial careers in 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 Broadway and in film as well.
1: Yeah, that, that's very true. I you know just just listening to it, it's it's a delightful production, but it it is a homogenized nineteen forty eight version of nineteen thirty in a way. Mm-hmm. The way they sing is much more nineteen forty eight. I, I think it was Lynn Murray who did these arrangements. It's very uh, smooth and and made. Where I think 1930 was a little more jagged and interesting uh, mm-hmm. arrangements, and we're lucky enough to have those original orchestrations recorded, so we can hear what it's like. Right. So, but they weren't. They're they're good, but the singers sound more like like radio singers in mm-hmm. a way rather than theater singers. What's interesting about it is this whole series that it came from did. Use original casts lots of times. Yes. They announce at the end, you'll hear it at the end, they're going to announce a uh Arsenic and Old Lace next week, which made right. me die to watch to listen to that yeah. with you know the two old ladies, the original Josephine Hull and Gina Dare, mm-hmm. and Boris Karloff, mm-hmm. uh, and you're going and our host here today is is Howard Lindsay, who uh, certainly knew musical comedy because he wrote the book for Anything Goes with with mm-hmm. Russell Krause. so I I I'm actually am a little surprised that they didn't. Maybe they reached out to those original people. Maybe they went to Merman and she went, I'm not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) It could
0: have been, yeah, and Ginger Rogers, you know, to kind of, I'm busy in Hollywood uh, getting Academy Awards. I'm not going to come back to the
1: radio. But they all did radio. It's interesting, you know, when it was, when there were all those Lux theaters and Mm -hmm. they all did radio. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it is interesting. But I would say, I would say the thing that is most interesting is that you can almost not tell. The difference between uh, Molly and Kate, the Ginger oh. Rogers and the Ethel Merman, in this, because they just both sing really well right. uh, instead of distinctive. There's also extra songs in this version.
0: Yes. And what 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 are the nature of these songs? Where they were just things they plopped in, or were they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We,
1: we're gonna you're gonna hear. Uh, don't be surprised when you hear someone to watch over me. Mm-hmm. They must have just wanted uh, extra music, and and mm-hmm. also uh, what was the other one? It was one other one other ballad I think that they plopped another right. famous Gershwin ballad. Right. But right. you'll you'll listen for it. You'll hear. Yeah. But you're gonna hear most of the whole score. I think the most interesting thing uh, is that you get the end of Act One. Mm-hmm. And they call it act two because it's radio right but listen for that because it's a song that they have n- that they've cut and yet you're hearing a reprise of a song that you've cut right right <laughs> That's kind of wonderful. Yes. Yeah. it's got
0: little surprises in it. So let's give the show a listen. This is from the January 18th, 1948 episode of the Ford Theater. Here are Monica Lewis as Molly Gray, Larry Douglas as Danny Churchill, Marilyn Day as Frisco Kate Fothergill, and Ted DeCorzia as Guybert Goldfarb with your host, Howard Lindsay in
2: Girl Crazy. This is the Ford Theater, an hour of radio drama presented by the Ford Motor Company, makers of Ford, Mercury, and Lincoln cars, and Ford trucks, farm tractors, and motor coaches. Today's play, George Gershwin's Girl Crazy.
3: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is Howard Lindsay, extending the management's welcome to the Ford Theater. This week, a very special event. George Gershwin's musical comedy, Girl Crazy. Girl Crazy is Gershwin at the peak of his popular success in 1930, shortly after Rhapsody in Blue, but just before his final creative years in which he turned to operatic and concert composition. The lyrics, of course, are by the composer's brother, Ira, and the story has been adapted for radio by George Zachary, with one major objective in mind. To crowd into the brief hour ahead as much Gershwin music as possible. The Ford Theater presents George Gershwin's Girl Crazy. <laughs>
4: My name is Gieber Gold, Bob, and I've been driving a hack around New York for 15 years about the time this whole thing starts. You see, I'm stopped for a light on 48th Street and Broadway when a snappy-looking gent hails me and climbs in. Where do I inquire? And he gives me a big wink and says, Go west, my man, go west. Well, I see he's had a couple, but I figure a good-looking guy in a monkey suit has got to be pretty well-heeled, so I start out in the general direction of Jay-Z. Two days later, I am still driving west, and we're stopping for gas in Kansas City. Listen, I says, ain't this getting kind of expensive? Think nothing of it, Geber. What's the fare? $473.85. Oh, a jet
5: cab, eh? Now, looky here, mister. Okay, Geber, don't excite yourself. I'm Danny Churchill, and I'm good for the money. You mean your old man is? Same thing. He's paying for this trip. Where are we bound for? Dad's ranch in Custerville. Custerville? Where's that? Arizona. Now listen, play, boy. Haven't you ever wanted to see the great open spaces, the sweeping plains, the
4: sun-kissed peaks of the everlasting hills? All I want to see is 473 bucks. And it looks like I got to drive to Arizona to see it. On the way, Danny tells me his old man, who owns all the diamonds, he ain't got room for in Tiffany's has got pretty fed up with Danny's chasing from one girl to another and ordered him out to the family ranch to take a course in bronco-busting and all that. Well, when we get to Custable, which is in the absolute middle of nowhere, I see what the old man has in mind. There's a sign that says, This lovely little village boasts of the fact that there have been no women within its limits for over 50 years. The one and original woman was shot and killed in a quarrel over her. 30 men were injured in a skirmish. Well, all this must have happened a long time ago because there sure is nothing happening now. Nothing, that is, except some cowboys sitting around singing.
6: Some fellas love to tiptoe through the tulips. Some fellas go on singing in the rain. Some people keep on painting skies with rainbows. Some fellers keep on swinging down the lane But
7: I'm biding my time Cause that's the kind of guy I'm While other folks grow dizzy I keep busy biding my time Next year, next year Something's bound to happen this year, this year I'll just keep on napping and my
4: geber what do you think of the place it looks very unfriendly even the cucumbers got spikes on them (laughs) you'll grow to love it geber i doubt it and those tough looking hombres don't look too friendly either. i'll feel safer back on 48th street all right then sorry you won't stay here's your fare hey where am i going to cash a check for seven hundred and eighty five dollars in the desert leads to something else, and I'm staying at Buzzard's Ranch with Danny. That sign in Custerville couldn't have been strictly on a level because there was one dame in the neighborhood, and it didn't take Danny no time to find her. Or maybe she found him. Just what do you do here, miss?
8: Well, I look after the mails in this section.
4: Good heavens,
5: all
8: of them? No, silly. I have charge of the post office.
5: I've always heard you get acquainted fast out west.
8: Oh, well, we do, but...
5: We always take a little longer in New York because we want to know everything.
8: Everybody I ever met from New York knew everything.
5: If a letter comes for me, do you have to deliver it? Uh-huh. I'll have everybody in America write to me.
8: You're not the least bit conceited, are you? No, just ambitious. Is New York as wild a place as they say it is?
5: New York is the most marvelous place in the world. And I'd enjoy showing you around. Oh, thanks. Uh, What about here? Oh, I'm busy. Too busy to go to a dance once in a while or play a game of tennis?
8: Say, you must think Buzzards is one of these dude ranches.
5: A dude ranch? You've given me a great idea. That's just what it's going to be. Girls, cocktails, dancing, roughhouse. (laughs) My dad thought he was sending me away from the bright lights. Well, I'll just bring the bright lights out here and turn them all on.
8: Count me out.
5: Don't you ever have a good time out here?
8: Oh, sure we do. You ought to have been at my last candy pull.
6: Candy pull? Oh, lady, what I'm going to do for you? Have some pity on an easterner. Show a little sympathy. No one possibly could be sterner. Than you have been with me There's a job that I'm applying for Let me put it to you thus It's a partnership I'm dying for Mr. and Mrs. I uh. Before you file it on the shelf Let me tell you of myself Oh, I'm the chappy to make you happy i would tie your shoesies and chase your bluesies Oh, lady, would you, oh, tell me Could you use me? I'd shake the mat out and put the cat out I'd clean the garret and feed the parrot Oh, lady, would you, oh, tell me Could you use me? Do you realize what a good man you're getting in me? I'm no elk or mason or woodman who gets home at three. The girls who see me go soft and dreamy But I'm a gander who won't philander Oh, could you use me? Cause I certainly could use you
8: There's a chap I know in Mexico Who's as strong as he can be Eating nails and drinking Texaco He is a type for me, there is one in California more romantic than you. When he sings, cha cha cha, I often think he'll do. But as for you, sir, I'm afraid you will never make the grand. I must refuse you, I cannot use you, excuse me, no nightlife for you, the birds would bore you, the cows won't know you, a horse would throw you, you silly man, you, to ask me, can you use me, oh, what love you make? Keep me warm.
4: This dame's name is Molly Gray, and she's as cute a doll as I ever see, with a Texas high heel boots, leather skirt, and big seven-and-a-half-gallon hat. Before you know it, Danny's given her such a play that it's a good thing not many special delivery letters comes to Custerville on account they'd get delivered the day after tomorrow. Meantime... <laughs> Excuse me. What happened? Another <laughs> one. Yeah, like I thought, they just shot another sheriff. This seems to be the main pastime in custody. Personally, I suspect the character named Cactus Jake, a very rough type hombre, who wants to be sheriff himself. Well, one day, just after another sheriff has been uh, disqualified, this Jake tries to put the finger on me. There he
9: is, boy! The
4: fellow that put the sheriff tie his hands up. You can't tie my hands. Oh, we can't, huh? Why not? He's got a point. While I'm trying to think of the answer, Jake starts slipping a noose over my head. Come on, fellas. We can hang him without their beam. Now, take that rope off. You want to dirty my collar? Okay, Jake. i got it over the beam. Well, don't hang me on that one. It don't look safe. I might fall and hurt myself. Come on, boys. Bring him up! Oh, hey! Now, wait, gonna, wait a minute. There's something I want to say. It's just one word. If I can only think of it, Dad, give me a chance to think. Of... Stop. Stop! That's it. That's the word. Thank you, boss. Well, Danny saved my life that time. But he really had more important things to do. He'd been advertising the budget as a dude range. And pretty soon, Easterners start flocking out like dialects in Alan's out. Alan. One of them is an old flame of Danny's, a showgirl called Kate Fothergill, who had that old look before it became the new one. She thinks to the West like she was born under a cactus bush, and uh, tells us all about it.
8: In town we used to fret away until we made our getaway Out here where there's no doubt that men are men We're men we men. men Are men Are men, are men. We don't care if we don't go east again Don't
7: care if we don't go east again
8: It's wonderful to breeze around They seem to have real trees around And of the open spaces there's no doubt No doubt No doubt No doubt, no
7: doubt.
8: No doubt. No doubt. That is the life that Riley told about The
7: life that Riley told about
8: Before we're at the ranch another week We'll get the well-known roses in the cheese We haven't missed old Broadway or the wide. When the moon is nightlight, that's the best of bright lights. This is the place to tarry. At the chaps who throw the lariat can sling a line that does a girl no good. Knock good. Not wood, knock wood. Not wood. Not wood. Not wood. Not wood, they swing a line that does a girl no good. The Broncos, they never fear man or beast. They pack a wallop, up, they never doll up. Their pants have never been
7: creased. If you trifle, we aim a rifle, bang, you fight the dust.
4: It don't take Kate long to figure out that Danny is very willing to let bygones be been. Things is really beginning to simmer between him and Molly Gray, though there is a certain symptoms that East is East and West is still, well, West.
8: Poor, quiet little Custerville. You aren't doing to it, Danny.
5: Have you seen our new gay nighties bar room?
8: No, I haven't.
5: Come on, Molly, I'll show it to you.
8: Well, not now, I'm going home.
5: Well, you can't go yet. I haven't had a chance to talk to you.
8: You forget how early I have to get up in the morning.
5: Oh, can't you oversleep tomorrow and get up at
8: five? That makes the day too short.
5: If you get up at the time I go to bed,
8: how are we going to see each other? Oh, uh, must we?
5: You bet we must. I've got a lot of things I want to say to you about our future.
8: Oh, I see. Our future.
5: Don't you like me, Molly?
8: Oh, sure I do. How much? Enough to make me want to be careful. Careful of me? No, of me.
5: I'm crazy about you, Molly.
8: I wonder how many girls you've told that to.
5: Well, here's something I've never said before. Will you marry me?
8: Oh, don't be silly.
6: Oh, come on. Just this once... Dozens of girls would storm up, I had to lock my door, somehow I couldn't warm up to one before. What was it that controlled me, what kept my love life lean? My intuition told me You'd come on the scene Lady, listen to the rhythm of my heartbeat And you'll get just what I mean Embrace me My sweet embraceable you
2: Embrace
6: me You irreplaceable you Just one look at you My heart grew
9: tips in
6: me You and you alone Bring out the gypsy in me I love all Above all, I want my arms above you, don't be a naughty baby, come to Papa, come to Papa do.
8: to take the con-
5: be interrupting a very tender interlude. Sam Mason. Hello, Danny. Surprised to see me? Yes, and not very pleased.
8: Danny. I
5: heard that your father sent you out here to reform you, so I came to find out for myself.
8: Well, I think Danny is beginning to see that the West has got something attractive about it.
5: Well, how could he help that with you here?
8: I've even managed to get him to ride horseback.
5: You like riding?
8: I love it.
5: May I ride with you sometime?
8: (laughs) You'd have to get up very early. I'm in charge of the post office here, and I make my rounds before most people like you are out of bed.
5: Like me? (laughs) I'm out of bed before breakfast every morning.
8: Well, Then you're invited. Thanks.
5: Danny, this was a swell idea of yours, this dude ranch. Yes, wasn't it? I suppose you have accommodations for me. Sorry, we're filled up. No room? No room for you.
8: Why, Danny, that isn't true Western hospitality.
5: Certainly not. You can't stay here, Sam. That's final.
8: Oh, perhaps we can find room for you at our house. Come on, Mr. Mason. What?
5: Say, I'd like that better.
8: I'll see what I can do about it.
5: Molly, you can't. You don't know what he's like.
8: Boss! Hey, boss!
4: What is it now, Geiber? They just shot another sheriff.
9: <laughs>
3: to the uh, Custerville Eden, then, enter a character who may just possibly turn out to be a snake in the sagebrush. We'll see about that in act two. Meanwhile, I suggest that we devote our best attention to an on-the-level hombre named Banghart Kenneth. He speaks for the Ford Motor Company.
2: It was 40 years ago that the young Ford Motor Company introduced the automobile that was to become one of the most famous and beloved cars in history, the Model T. Back in those days, Americans began writing letters to the Ford Motor Company to praise the performance of their Fords. And the letters have continued. Through the days of the Model T and the Model A and the V8 and the Six right down to the present time, except that they've been increasing in volume as more and more people have become acquainted with Fords. The letters come today in every mail. One of the recent letters was from Dr. J.A. Robb of Monroe, Wisconsin. On November 12, 1942, I took delivery of a Ford 6, Dr. Raub wrote, and the satisfaction that this car gave me prompts me to express my appreciation to the Ford Motor Company. At the time, I held a ration certificate, which would have entitled me to buy any make of car, and at that time, most makes were available. However, there was no doubt in my mind, Ford's reputation for dependability made it imperative for me to choose the Ford. My confidence in Ford was repaid by 150,000 miles of trouble-free driving throughout the war years. I never expect to own any other car but a Ford. That's a letter from one Ford owner, but it's typical of countless letters the Ford Motor Company has received. Typical of the satisfaction felt by owners of Ford products. Typical of the performance... Ford products give. You can depend on Ford.
3: The Ford Theater, Girl Crazy, continuing the adventures of Molly and Danny in the wide open spaces. Our first act ended, you will recall, with the sudden and fatal collapse of the Custerville Sheriff and the arrival on the scene of trouble trouble
4: in the person of Sam Mason. But, Danny, what have you got against Sam Mason? Anyhow, he seems like a fellow knows his way around. That's just it, Geber,
5: around Molly. He's just making a play for her to get even with me because I took a girl away from him back in New York. Aha! Now, with all these weighty matters on my mind, I'd like you to take over the problem of law and order in Custerville. What do you know about politics? Enough to keep out of them. We want you to run for Sheriff. The last one just quit. Quit cold, you mean? Nothing doing. The job ain't got no security. You could hold it till your dying day. And if you're elected, you'll get a big silver star on your chest or
4: a lily. Danny, I don't look my best by candlelight. But Geber, there's no danger. We're all behind you, are we, fellas? Wait! Come on, you've got to run. Well, just don't get too far behind. <laughs> They needed a man who was brave and strong to rid the town of crime. Goldfarb! That's
7: I.
5: They needed a man who would not take graft unless it was over a dime.
4: Goldfarb! That's I. Don't talk a General Custer, don't talk of Buffalo Bill. Goldfarb gives a bigger thrill. They needed a man who knows the game through saving a lot of time. Goldfarb!
7: That's I. So vote for Gieber, Gold Park, he's all right. So vote for Gieber, Gold Park, man of might. They needed a man who knows the game for serving a lot of time. Gold Park.
4: That's I. So, I'm running for sheriff. But what Danny don't tell me is that the guy I'm running against is Cactus Jake. Maybe that's just to keep me from running away. Anyhow, Danny got his own troubles, what with Sam Mason giving Molly the biggest rush since 49. But I figure Danny's still got the edge because Molly's all the time trying to make a Westerner out of him.
8: But, Danny, if you'd only try to understand the West, instead of doing everything you can to make it more like the East. It isn't
5: that I don't like it, Molly. It's just that, uh, well, I can't sleep out here. Why? It's too quiet.
8: Too quiet?
5: Yes, back East is different. How? Well, for instance, in New York, we're rocked to sleep by the Manhattan lullaby. Oh, what's that? It's played on ash cans about 3 a.m. every morning.
8: <laughs> Sounds terrible.
5: It is. Then there's the taxicab symphony. And at 5 o'clock in the morning, the milk wagon serenade. Do you know, Molly, milk has kept more people awake than coffee. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm just crazy about these.
8: And I'm in love with the West.
5: Well, let's compromise and live in Chicago.
8: Do you really like me, Danny?
5: I think you're adorable.
8: why don't you try to like the things I like? Once you know the beauty of Arizona, you become a part of it.
5: That's what I'm afraid of.
8: Oh, Danny, you're hopeless. It's strange. I've waited so long for the right man to come along, and now that you've come, you're not what I dreamed of at all. There's a somebody I'm longing to see. I hope that he turns on
4: election campaign for sheriff is really beginning to rock, Custerville. And Danny, as my campaign manager, has some fancy notions about getting out the boats. He's imported a hot band from Chicago and arranged for Kate to do some electioneering and swing. Personally, I can't figure why Kate's anxious to get me elected sheriff, on account of she's taking quite a fancy to me, preferring my more cultivated eastern-type accent to the brogue which them cowhands use. She's not the best-looking showgirl to come off Broadway, but she sure has a flock of personality and uh, something else besides.
8: Days can be sunny with never a sigh Don't need what money can buy Birds in the tree sing their day full of song Why shouldn't we sing along? I'm Chipper. Money can buy birds in the tree sing their day full of song why
5: I give you the next sheriff of Costaville, Geber Goldfarb. Hey
4: Deber! Folks, if I am elected, I will make the best little sheriff you've ever had. I want you to know that I am for the people. I never stole a dollar from anyone in my life. All I'm asking is that you give me a chance. <laughs> but to be elected, I mean. You don't want a cheap crook like Cactus Jake. He ain't the man for the job. Would he get out of a warm bed in the middle of the night and come to your protection? I asked you, would he? <laughs> On the other hand, would I? No! See hey, ya. Uh, I hate to talk about a mean behind his back, if you he can hear me. But Jake won't meet me face to face, not if I can help it. I've been looking for that guy. He ain't fit company for pigs. When I see him, I'll just say, I'll... You'll what. Uh, hello, Jake.
7: <laughs> so you've been looking for me, eh?
4: Uh, what makes you think so? You try to poison them folks against me, would you? We kill out here for less than that. Everything's cheap out here. <laughs> you know who killed the other two sheriffs? No, but i got a darn good idea. You're right, neighbor. I did it. And if you're elected, I suppose you'll commit suicide. No, but if you're elected, I'm going to kill you. Now, look here, Gieber. I'm going to give you one more chance to put me square with them folks. Okay, okay. Uh, folks, this is my last chance. There's been a lot of talk going around this part of the country about what a rotten snake in the grass Cactus Jake is. That's right, Gieber. You folks ought to be ashamed of yourselves. As somebody so wisely put it, Cactus Jake ain't fit company for pigs. They're wrong! He is! Let's
7: get him, All right, keeper. You asked for huh?
8: Look it. Look out, out. He's got a gun. Look out.
4: He's got a gun. Grab it, Gieber. Grab give it. Give me that thing. There go, my six-shooter. Let go. I uh, can... Now I got the gun. Pull the trigger, Geeber. Pull the trigger. No, no, no. Don't shoot. Don't shoot. I'll give you $50 for that gun. How can you kill him in when he's talking business? win the election and for a while Jake lays low, which gives me plenty to worry about. But Danny's got his own troubles. Sam Mason keeps trying to train Molly against him. Then to make it worse, Sam breaks the bank at the ranch's gambling tables.
5: Danny's pretty angry with me for winning that $6,000, Molly. He doesn't like my taking anything from him.
8: Well, why do you and Danny dislike each other so?
5: <laughs> Same old story. Girl trouble.
8: Oh, but Sam, it's so silly to hold a grudge over something that's passed and done with.
5: Who told you it was pass?
8: I don't understand. Surely you don't mean it, some girl out here.
5: No girl means anything to
4: me, Molly. Except you. See what I mean? Well, Danny's seeing less and less of Molly. and he's losing interest in the ranch. And finally he thinks they're sitting around with the cowboys doing nothing. Well,
6: practically nothing. Some fellas love to tell it to the daisies. Some stroll beneath the honeysuckle vine. Some fellas, when they've climbed the highest mountain, still keep a-crying for the carol. But I'm biding my time, cause that's the kind of guy I'm. While butterflies go flitting, I keep sitting, biding my time. Give me, give me a glass that's full of tinkles. Let me, let me dream like Van Winkle. He bided his time, and like that Winkle guy, I'm chasing wake how the day flies. Biden, setting and Biden, no regretting. Settin' and then my time.
5: Here and my time. Molly!
8: What happened to you this morning? I thought you were going riding with me.
5: Well, I didn't get away from the gambling tables until five. Then I lay down for an hour and never woke up until twelve. It'd
8: be hard to be a playboy and a cowboy at the same time.
5: Well, I'll bet you'll be there tomorrow morning.
8: Sorry, but I won't.
5: Uh, why? Where are you going?
8: To the races at San Luz in Mexico.
5: With Sam? Yes. I won't let you. Molly, you just don't understand the kind of man he is.
8: He's an Easterner, just as you are, Danny. But he appreciates what we have out here.
5: I'll bet he does. Well, you can't go with him.
8: Oh, really? Well, just you try and stop me.
5: Oh, I'm not afraid of that pop gun. Oh,
8: you better be. I can shoot mighty straight. See that bottle over there on the bar? Mm Mm-hmm. Watch the neck.
5: (laughs) Put off that gun.
8: Keep your distance, playboy. Hey, what's going on here? Just a little warning. What's the rope for, Danny? Well, that's to tie me up with Sam. I'll
2: turn Bronco Buster, Danny. <laughs> <laughs>
8: He's
7: a Bronco Buster, he busts a Bronco, he seems to be unafraid.
5: Listen, Molly. I'm trying to keep you from going on this trip with Sam Mason because I know he isn't on the level with you. Who says I'm not? I do. You're only going around with Molly as I get even with me for taking a girl away from you in New York. Ready, Molly? Don't go, Molly.
6: You don't know what you mean to me. I need you, my sweet embrace you. I need you,
8: brought Kate out here, and you used to be She her... came
5: out, yes, but, but that's all over. <laughs> Tell that to the Marines.
8: Where's your car, Seth? You're not going with them. Let go of me. This rough stuff doesn't suit you, playboy. Stand back. Remember, I can shoot straight.
9: All
8: right,
5: all right, go with them. Go on. I don't care what you do now. You enjoy making a fool of a
4: man, just like the rest of them. Go ahead. Take it easy, Danny. Kate's right, Danny. It don't do no good to lose your temper.
8: It's always that way with passion. So playboy, learn.
3: End of Act Two. I think I can assure you that all is not yet over between Molly and Danny. There's a law known as Schubert's Principle of the Delayed Finale, which states that boy must be parted from girl at a certain point in every musical show. This makes for more music, more fun, and still more music. And believe me, the music and the fun are what count. Before the scene shifts to Mexico, we'll hear from Kenneth Banghart a solid caballero speaking for the Ford Motor Company.
2: This week in the showrooms of Ford dealers all over America, you can see the first new post-war products of the Ford Motor Company, the 1948 models of the famous Ford trucks. And these new Ford trucks are new all through, really new. They have new engines, new frames, new brakes, new cabs, new comfort, and new models that are bigger than Ford ever built before. There are three new engines in Ford 48 trucks, all newly designed, a 95-horsepower six-cylinder engine, and two V8s, 100 and 145 horsepower. The frames are newly designed for greater strength. The cabs are planned for living room comfort. And there are larger trucks, the biggest Fords ever built, nearly half again as large as any previous Ford trucks. All in all, there are 139 models of the new 48 Ford trucks, a Ford for every job. And these new Fords are bonus built. According to Webster... Bonus is something given in addition to what is usual or strictly due. According to Ford, bonus-built is a truck designed and built with extra strength in every vital part. That means that 48 Ford trucks have a greater range of use, that they're not limited to one specific job. And this extra strength also means that Ford trucks do their jobs with less strain and wear. They work easier. 48 Ford trucks are planned and built stronger to last longer. By a study of the life histories of the five largest selling makes of trucks in America, life insurance experts have already proved that Ford trucks last longer, up to 19 and six-tenths percent longer. That's the record of past years. But now the new 48 Ford trucks are designed to be even better. They are bonus built. And whether or not you buy or operate trucks, you will be served better because the organization which has built more trucks than any other, Ford, builds bonus built trucks. Watch for the 48 Ford trucks. See them now at the showroom of your friendly Ford dealer.
3: So Molly went off to the races at San Luis in Mexico with Sam Mason, who is up to no good. Danny and Kate have followed in Geeber's hard-working taxi, which is up to anything. As we rejoin the mob, Geeber has found Molly. She is not altogether contented with her recent anti-Danny actions. Ah, come on now, Molly. Cheer up.
8: I can't help it. I found out I'm in love, and it's too late.
4: Ah, it's never too late.
8: Oh, it's no use, Kieber. You can afford to be cheerful. You have Kate.
4: Kate? She's not in love with me. Why, who could love a face like this, I ask you?
8: Then we're both in the same boat, I suppose.
4: What? You got a face like this? <laughs> <laughs> That's better. Come on, Molly. chain on that sunshine.
8: Old man sunshine, listen, you Never tell me dreams come true Just try it And I'll start a riot Beatrice Fairfax, don't you dare Ever tell me here I'm certain it's the final curtain I never want to hear from any cheerful Pollyanna who tell you faint supplies a-
4: beginning to feel sorry she ever met up with. Pretty soon, Kate and Danny come along and he wants me to drive him around to the gambling joints. Mexico's wide open, Keeper. It ought to be, Danny. They've been shooting it up long enough. I don't feel comfortable here. I wish I was back in Custerville facing Cactus Jake.
8: Jake's down here.
4: Down, down here? Quit your kidding, Kate.
8: I'm not kidding. I saw him myself. I thought you wanted to meet him.
4: No, well, not here. I can't arrest him here. It's out of my jurisdiction.
8: Oh, you needn't be afraid of him, Gieber.
4: Oh, Well, lying afraid exactly. It's just that I'm well, I'm wanted for murder.
8: Murder? Who've you killed?
4: Nobody. Jake wants to kill me. Come on, Danny, let's get going.
8: Some sheriff. Some hero I picked for myself. Oh, why do I do these things? <laughs> minus, Never a thought inside And yet His Highness Lectures me day and night And here I anchor I might have had a banker Boy, what love has done to me His nature's funny Quarrelsome half the time And as for money He hasn't got a dime Here's the joker I might have had a broker Boy, what love had done glad you're back. I've been trying to get a word with you, alone. Well, if it's about you and Danny. It is, Molly, and you've got it all wrong. Sure, Danny gave me a play for a while, but that was before he came out here. He hasn't given me a tumble since he met you. Honest. Well? It's Sam Mason who's been giving you the runaround, Molly. Why, he's got a wife in New York and a girlfriend for every cactus in Arizona. Well, if that's true... Of course it is. And Danny was telling the truth when he said Sam only came out here to get even with him. Of all the low-down ornery tricks. Just wait till I see that.
4: Hey. What's happened? We find some mason outside with his head bars. I go call the police. Good heavens. <laughs> I, I hope it wasn't
8: Danny. Here he comes now. You can ask him.
5: Someone knocked Sam out. He's in bad shape.
8: Oh, and it wasn't you who...
5: Struck him from behind and robbed him? Certainly not.
8: Of course, he was carrying that $6,000. So that's what Cactus Jake came down here for. Danny, I'm sorry I misunderstood
4: about you and Kate. Then you didn't really fall for Sam? Danny, Molly, don't stand around here talking. You better get out of town and move fast. The police are after you, Danny. Me? Yeah, yeah. They heard you had it in for Sam. I tell you, it ain't healthy around here. You better take Molly and get in Sam's car and head back to the ranch. But what about Sam? We can't leave him like this. I'll take care of him. Go along with him, kid.
8: And what about Cactus Jake? I'll
4: take care of him, too.
8: Oh, no, I'm staying. this, I gotta see. Hi there, Molly. Hi there, Molly. Glad to see you back. Oh, but it's good to be back in Arizona, boys. Look at those mountains over there, Danny. Aren't they beautiful?
5: But, Molly, those mountains are in California.
8: What difference does it make? I love them all. <laughs> Mexico, I love you, California, I love you too, Wyoming, I love you, Oklahoma, I love you too, but of all the states in the West, here for us there's one that's the best, when it's Captain Simon, Arizona, I'll be waiting there for you. Sarah Major with Ramona Beanie, sunny skies of blue What a thrill, my darling, when we own a a little rancho build for two When it's cactus time in Arizona I'll be waiting there for you When
7: it's cactus time in Arizona I'll be waiting there
8: Kate. Geber's
4: captured Jake and he's confessed. Yeah, I had a tough fight, but I won. Oh, Geber, I'm so proud of you. Ah, I don't blame you. I'm proud of myself. You should have heard the reception I got at the courthouse. I'm still hoarse from all the cheering. Tell us how you captured Jake, Geber. Well, I figured he'd make for the border, so I hung around and sure enough he hailed me. How could he know I got the only cab in Arizona? (laughs) 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 And then we had some fights. I gave him the face punch and then the feed punch. You mean the second punch? No, the second I got. <laughs> Where's Jake now? In jail. I had a little trouble getting out myself, hacking without an Arizona license. <laughs> hey, hey look at Molly. Where'd oh. you get them Eastern clothes, Molly? Hey, Molly, you look beautiful. Are these the sort of clothes that smart New York girls are buying? Smart New York girls don't buy their own clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Molly, from now on, I'm really Western. Look
5: what I've learned to do. I can spin a gun on one finger. Oh, wonderful. And I've burned up all my eastern clothes.
8: What? Just after I bought these?
5: Oh, you look swell. I was just getting ready to let you show me those mountain peaks at dawn.
8: I'd rather you'd show me the Empire State Building.
5: All right. But there's something I want to ask you first. What? Will you marry me and be mine for the
3: rest of your life? Well? Excuse me, Molly, but you'd better marry him. Our time is almost up.
8: All right, <laughs> Mr. Lindsay. I will.
3: Embrace me, my sweet
6: embrace
3: George Gershwin in 1930. We were fortunate in having, uh, as our principal singers today, three of radio's brightest young stars. Monica Lewis, who appeared as Molly, Larry Douglas as Danny, and Marilyn Day as Kate. Geber Goldfarb was played by Ted DeCorsia, long and outstanding character actor, soon to be seen in the motion picture The Naked City. Next week, Arsenic and Old Lace. Together with a man named Krause, I produced Arsenic and Oleace* on the New York stage back in 1941. Mr. Krauss and I had fun with that play. Plenty of worries, too, but mostly fun. The fun has been transferred in its entirety to our Ford Theater version, which deals, like the original, with 13 murders, two very sweet old ladies, and a fiend. We have prevailed upon our original pair of sweet old ladies to join us. The Kindly Spencers will be played by Josephine Hull and Gina Adair.
2: Girl Crazy was adapted for radio by George Zachary from the book by Guy Bolton and Jack McGowan and lyrics by Ira Gershwin. The music was adapted and conducted by Lynn Murray. The continuity was by George Faulkner. Our editor is Howard Teichman and the entire production was under the direction of George Zachary. The other players in Girl Crazy were Walter Vaughn, Lauren Gilbert, and Jeffrey Bryant. The 1932 RKO Radio Pictures production was very
0: unlike the stage play, except for its score. The film was tailored for the comic talents of then popular comedy team Bert Wheeler and Robert Woolsey. In 1943, Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer produced a lavish version starring Mickey Rooney and Judy Garland that also bore little resemblance to the stage show. In 1965, MGM once again made the musical into a film for Connie Francis this time, which was more a remake of the Mickey and Judy film. And unlike the previous two versions, The title was changed to When the Boys Meet the Girls. It co-starred, get this, Herman's Hermits, Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs, Louis Armstrong, and Liberace. So, uh, Stephen, it doesn't sound like uh, Girl Crazy got uh, too much uh, luck when it got, uh, in in terms of its movie versions, huh?
1: Well, I I think the the Judy and Mickey isn't too bad, and it has a lot of great music. And to hear Judy sing anything is, is wonderful. And you do get that you do get that moment when she sings, but not for me. And and embraceable you and and the I got rhythm finale, with Busby Berkeley going wild. <laughs> it's kind of fun. The other one has Mitzi Green, who mm. uh, is always fascinating to me, and she did great impersonations. So when she did, but not for me, she did all her impressions of movie stars, and, yeah. including George Arliss. <laughs> 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 so that's kind of kind of fun. So, you know, this one made some changes in the plot too, because Kate father gill the you know frisco Kate mm-hmm. had nothing to do with danny's love life that was it was a cute little change to make Molly jealous mm-hmm. of that character and then to have Gieber go for her. But she was just some woman who showed up. Originally I believe she didn't have much dialogue. She had the three songs. That's all they really wanted her there for. And during rehearsals they found out that Merman was a great comedian. Mm. And so they kept adding stuff for her to do. But basically she had a husband in, in, the, in the show. And that's why she sings Boy What Love Has Done to Me which she still does in this, thank goodness. The only song that she doesn't get to do in in the version we just heard is is uh, Sam and Delilah, mm-hmm. and that that's too bad. <laughs> Talk about you know
0: a show that just became like a lightning rod for a particular actor of them uh, getting her into it and then recognizing her talent and then building on her talent and basically you know serving up this just delicious gift to Broadway on opening night and, uh, and and giving them the, you know, the first lady of the American music theater for the next 50 years. You know, it's it's really
1: lucky. (laughs) Really lucky. Absolutely. Well, you know, she always liked to tell the story of how she was discovered by Vinton Friedley, the producer at the Brooklyn Paramount theater. She Mm -hmm. was doing, she was doing shows in between movies Mm -hmm. and he took her to George Gershwin's house and and she sang for Gershwin. She always left that part out. She auditioned. <laughs> and then Gershwin auditioned for her and sang her the three songs. Yeah. And she liked to say, you know, he said, Miss Merman, if there's anything about these songs you don't like, I'd be most happy to change them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't have to happen, though. And she he said so, it was like meeting God, right? Yeah, then, I mean, she yeah. was up in this penthouse in the sky and she yeah. you know, she was from Queens. Uh, she was just, a, 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 she had been a stenographer up till now. Yeah so it it really I think that's what made merman early on too is that wonderful naive quality mm-hmm. uh, and then go out there and knock your socks off because I'm not scared too. yeah and that's kind of fun
2: yeah so, uh,
1: interestingly uh years and years later I got to know her. in right. our last in her last two years I was friends with her and she used to bring lots of her friends over to my apartment to watch her the rare videos that I had mm-hmm. and we had these wonderful parties. So I knew her through her concert manager, mm-hmm. Bob Godner, who booked all those symphony concerts she did. And he one day called me up and said, listen, well, I'm going to take you to a meeting with, with Cy Rosen at Carnegie Hall, because we're going to do a concert version of girl crazy with Ginger Rogers and Ethel Merman. And I thought, Oh my God. 50 wow. years later. Wow. And and I was so excited because I don't know what I was going to be involved with, but I assumed I would somehow write some narration for it, that it would be a mm. constant narration. And, uh, well, anyway, things bogged down over Billing. Think mm-hmm. about this. You've got Ginger Rogers and Ethel Merman. Who gets top billing? And you think by this point they would have figured it out, but no. Ginger said, I get top billing because I was the original star of the show. I'm mm-hmm. the entrepreneur." Ethel said, I get top billing because who the hell wants to hear Ginger Rogers sing? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think they might have looked back to the old, how they solved
1: it on Red Hot and
0: Blue and just did a... You know.
1: Well, that's what I, you know, that was a cross for, you know, the names crossed. And Mm -hmm. I did think about that. So I'm sitting there in in his office and I thought, okay, how can we solve this? And I told Cyrose, and I was quite young and naive myself, and I said, why don't you do a logo with a lariat, a woman with swinging a lariat, and it'll all be in a circle so that nobody is on Mm -hmm. the top. And Well, he thought that was the most brilliant thing he ever heard in his life. And he said, that's fabulous, I'm calling Ethel. He picked up the phone, called Merman, put her on speakerphone, and said, Ethel, I'm here with your friend Steve Cole. And he got the most great idea about doing a circle billing, and she heard dead silence. And she went, Steve Cole? Steve Cole? That kid from Ninth Avenue, what (laughs) the hell does he know about billing? And she said, I get top left or nothing. Click. And I thought my life is over. <laughs> She's never going to speak to me again. And but I had, she did. She and did. She did. I called her up, and she fired her agent that day. Okay. She said, "If I can't get what I want, I'm, he's out." And that, so the concert never happened. Oh. Now that was the same year she had the stroke and had a brain tumor, so it was would, it wouldn't have happened mm-hmm. uh, anyway. But boy, when when she. When she called me that kid from Ninth Avenue. <laughs> and she, she was right. She was That'll, like she wanted what she wanted and, and she was mm-hmm. she wasn't she hadn't been the star on Broadway for that long to mm-hmm. give it up to Ginger Roger. <laughs> <laughs> That'll humble you if nothing. Yeah. The only other thing I remember is that we were we Gieber would have been Sid Caesar. Uh we wow. saw him, and that would have been fun because a... people of of that age You're yeah. we gonna have these old ladies <laughs> Doing these songs. So that would have been a thrill Yes, even
0: we... call I'm so delighted that you joined me today uh, You're just such a font of knowledge and uh, you run one of the best Facebook groups uh, That I know I I've learned so much from you and from uh, everybody who associates with you on that group. Uh, you're you're just a, a gift to us who love uh, classic musicals, and uh, I appreciate your being here with me today.
1: Well, thank you so much. Ask me back again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I will. Theaters across the country need your support now, more than ever. We hope you'll consider a donation to Porchlight Music Theater today. Just go to porchlightmusictheater.org. Until next time on Classic Musicals from the Golden Age of Radio, I'm Michael Webber.